0: From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COB
1: is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, welcome to the COB on the 29th of the 9th. It's all the stuff you need to know about the day in business and markets. I mean, I'm Nadine, by the way, Nadine Blaney here with Annette Beecher. I'm just trying to get to it because there will be a lot of investors, a lot of traders licking their wounds today.
0: Uh, they sure would. I think I've got my best tweet of ever since I joined in January because I just did a screenshot of the sea of red and said, uh, not a good day to look at one's PA portfolio. I got a few likes for that. It's it's one of those days where you just, it didn't matter. It didn't matter how good your management was. It didn't matter what reporting season bought. It was just a, a contagion day. Kicked off, of course, by the US all the ructions over there with the debt ceiling combined with the pop in energy prices, and uh, S- Senator Warren calling uh, Powell and so, and, some and, nasty you know, names—all of it. Usually, a
1: lot of that sort of uncertainty around the Fed, but we've had two high-profile resignations under a cloud. We've it's got questions so about so much noise. Powell. There's the debt ceiling issues now; yeah. they will likely be resolved, but. Uh, but it's it's really fractious, it's really argumentative, and so it leads to selling, but again, bond yields. you know, when we start to see the 10 year pushing up jumped another five basis points through the overnight, that's why we saw the bloodbath really in and amongst some of those big tech names. The Fang plus index was down by two and a half percent overnight. and look, the worst performing index here. The Infotech space, it was down as a whole by 2.5%. So Tyro, I think it was the worst performer on the 200 off by f- close to 6%. Near map Coden, Afterpay, EML, Zero, day day. even WiseTech. You know, yeah. WiseTech, its losses were were, up, were less less than the overall market fall of about 1% by the end of the session. But still, it gives you a pretty, uh, pretty good idea of where a lot of the pain was. So... Off the lows of the day, though. At one point, the market was down by about 1.8%, but still, I mean, technically looking pretty weak after breaching that 7191 uh, September 22nd swing low.
0: Although the futures are pointing to a positive session. So maybe if Asia, you know, as you say, stops stemming the bleeding, we'll see what happens overnight, of course, because let's face it, the Fed is tapering, we have an energy shock. Bond yields are supposed to rise, so is this just part of a repeat of what we went through in in February, March, you know, growth versus value, dust off those conversations. Yeah, we're still not getting to that same sort of heightened level of, you no, know, not nobody's yet. dropped a
1: bond vigilante just yet, and not a lot yet. of people <laughs> are talking about, I just had a conversation with Comic McLacus, who is CIO at Statewide Super, saying, yeah, you know, This is what's supposed to happen when we start seeing that better data Mm -hmm. coming through. The bond yields uh, needed to rise uh, to offer any type of appeal whatsoever. Um, To your point, we do have e-mini futures right now. So after the market closed, sort of pre-5 o'clock here in Sydney, up by about six-tenths of a percent. And let's not only focus on the bad here at home. I know that that is easy to do on a day like today, but we did see the gold miners
0: doing what they're supposed to do on days like today. Uh, Which know, is ironic because uh, the, they last, have <laughs> the last few days, you know, even the biggest gold bugs have been scratching their heads saying normally gold would benefit from this sort of volatility. But then, of course, you get the flip side saying, well, gold doesn't like higher yields. But yes, the goldies across the board had a, had a very good session today, but they were very few and far in between when it comes to positives today.
1: So I think there's probably about 40 companies that ended the day in positive territory. When I got off air, I think I told you It was up to about 7 so that was at (laughs) 11 a.m. locally so there were some companies that picked themselves up off the mat one of which was SIQ so that is smart group worthwhile mentioning that we've still got that M&A pulse uh, coming through the market and uh, yeah its share price finished the day up 18 percent so there you go now there wasn't really any macro news here. We had engineering construction coming through Queensland, you know, ComSec pointing out looking pretty good. But, um, but you've done a little view in the COB newsletter, Annette. Do you care to share?
0: Well, is the the only macro news we got was the quarterly council of financial regulators, and yes, this is a pointy head conversation, but it does matter because when we deployed macro tools before, there was a whole heap of red lights that uh, policy could address. But the only thing that's worrying this is APRA, ASIC, RBA, all the um, all the prudential regulators, they're worried about home loan growth outpacing incomes. And why this matters is that leaves the only macro poo policy is debt to income ratios. Problem is, as we know, when house prices accelerate, it just brings up that inequality issue in that the first homeowners really struggle to afford a home. The problem with debt to income ratios is guess who that gets disadvantaged? It's first homeowners because by definition, they don't have any equity. They've just got a deposit. So I don't think that's going to be a nice round solution for the housing crisis that we have. Yeah,
1: I think to your point, uh, getting difficult for first home buyers, that makes
0: me think of the stock
1: series we're running on uh, the call this week and next actually so think of this as a future fund so you could think of it as companies you'll invest in today to give your kids your grandkids a leg up in time which Mm -hmm. could include being the bank of mom and dad i guess later on could include paying for (laughs) your grandkids private school education if that's your thing anyhow regardless whatever you'd use that money for kashi's been asking his guests this week what company they'd buy for you know a family future fund, think of it like that. He spoke with Michael Wayne from Medallion and Andrew Page from Strawman. Let's listen to what they picked.
0: One I'll throw out will be a little bit spicier. It's a pretty small company called Kit McGrath. These guys do okay. uh, tutoring uh, franchise o- operations, family run business, been around for ages. You know, doubled revenue since twenty thirteen. Profits about tripled since then. Took a bit of a knock with COVID, but the online part of the business has held up really well. Just very savvy operators. I think there'll be a bit of a pickup in face-to-face learning when this, this thing all washes through. And there's just a long there's a long runway for growth. We're looking for an individual stock. It's hard to go past um, the, the previous winner, if you like, CSL, which has yep. proven to be a, a very good long-term performer. Um, a company of that size, which continues to compound its earnings growth at double digits each year, Uh, should continue to grow quite nicely. So that's my individual stock of choice.
1: And that was Kip McGrath Education Centers, uh, KIP is the ticker code, and CSL that oldie but goodie um, for Michael Wayne from Medallion so you can catch that full episode online or via podcast. We've
0: had a diverse choice of picks for this. Uh, Some have literally taken the education theme whereas others have just like a CSL. It's just a long run performer that hopefully will fund your kids and grandkids down the track.
1: It'll be interesting to see if anyone's gutsy enough to pick sort of a high growth company to get in there. Um, We'll see we'll see but we will definitely be tracking its progress throughout the next two weeks and beyond Uh, so look that's checking off the list all of the things we really needed to touch upon but I will say you know you can access via the show notes a few different interviews on you know different views from market participants on what this pullback means Mm -hmm. and where opportunity comes you know it always hurts to see you know (laughs) Your, your, the value of your portfolio go down in a couple of days. But also, if you do have cash on the sidelines, where opportunities could come to the fore. So, St. Wong, who is this Chief Investment Officer of Prime Value Asset Management, lists four quality buys uh, in the defensive part of the market, as well as the tech space that you can look to buy on pullbacks, such as what we're seeing. And Adam Dawes uh, is featured in there as well, saying, don't be a hero, hold tight, buy these three stocks
0: yeah the uh i was fascinated by an interview i had um Clyde russell from Thomson reuters has been watching commodities for years and he he said the markets are confusing short-term with long-term mm-hmm. and i thought that was quite a good point because this coal squeeze is short-term this oil squeeze is short-term so you don't make long-term investment decisions based on short-term pops in prices
1: yeah or the opposite
0: so yeah i <laughs> referencing
1: it again but probably because it's fresh in my mind just had a chat with con as i mentioned statewide super it'll be up online um now if you look for it pretty much um and yeah he was just he defined short term medium term mm-hmm. long term he talked about asset allocation in these times and also cautioned against trying to do too much don't go out there and start throwing the baby out with the bath water don't go out there and make these big decisions when you're thinking long term so so look um We'll likely hear from more, well, secondary Fed speakers tonight. I actually didn't check the calendar because there's lots of focus on this big uh, symposium, <laughs> we could call it, of yes. these big global investment bankers.
0: Yeah, well, it's, uh, this is the equivalent of Jackson Hole over hosted by the ECB, but really the marquee event will be Powell, uh, Corotta, Lagarde, and I've missed number four. It's B-O-E, Bailey. B-O-E, Bailey, excuse me, sorry, B-O-E, Bailey, Andrew. Uh, Four of them. Four (laughs) of them. Uh, It'll be interesting because all four, I would have to say, are on different paths for different reasons, Mm -hmm. tapering, tightening or not. So we should get some good headlines for the markets to digest in the morning. So we have the Australian dollar bouncing slightly in the Asian session, a bit more mixed. It's done pretty well. Commodity
1: prices, yep. Yep, um, trace it back to that. We've got uh, the US dollar sort of consolidating at its highest level though since November. So we've got, we'll be watching out for more chatter on the debt ceiling. Um, you know, there's a lot for markets to digest right now. You understand why we're feeling a little bit sick to our tummy. We've got the US government budget, you know, and then uh, just whatever's well, happening with- a
0: lack of PAL support because markets don't like- uncertainty and if Chair Powell is not at the helm to see out this tapering policy that's probably more noise than what we probably need in the markets right now um, as well so that's something that uh, seems to be gathering momentum as well. Mm -hmm. Okay no big data here tomorrow is there? Uh, it's it's month end, so over the next couple of days we'll get things like private sector credit, oh, house prices, right. home yep. loans. So we were talking property today about uh, home loans, so we'll get more evidence of that over the next couple of days. So I dare say we'll still see investors um, pushing up some house prices, <laughs> but that's you know that's something we see every month. But uh, yeah, that's it for macro land, really.
1: Yeah, I suppose we'll keep our eye out for you know some data later in the week. Coming from the US, um, and we've got some data coming from China uh, later on in the week as well. Just the Chinese PMI is coming. On Thursday, yeah. actually, Thursday's tomorrow. When Thursday's tomorrow,
0: So So, yes, we oh Friday. My. Well, Friday is October one, and of course, we What's will get happening? a we will get a suite of global PMIs. And as we know, they've been going in different directions because uh, the US, some of the US state numbers are through the roof, and then others are through the floor. Aussie PMIs crashed right across the board in August. So let's see uh, we what that suite looks like by the time we get to the end of what feels like a very long week. <laughs> <laughs> obviously not to me if I still think it's uh, Tuesday. Anyhow, uh, look, I guess we'll wrap it up for
1: today. We really look forward to bringing you through what happens overnight tomorrow morning. We're live on ausbiz.com.au. I presume many of you know that we've got this live stream, but just in case we're live from 8.30 to about 4.30 every day, walking you through every move
0: the market made and obviously putting it into perspective. Lots of different perspectives, yes. but into perspective. Okay, put your feet up, everybody. We'll do it again tomorrow, which is Thursday <laughs> Got at <it>. 8.30. <laughs> See you, it.
1: ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend.